Family, good. Uh, last time I was here a couple weeks ago, we dealt with the tabernacle in the wilderness, and we did deep studies on it, and we're going to go even deeper today. Our message today is the sons of Levi, the sons of Levi. It's the Levitical priesthood. And where we are today is the sons of Levi are the builders of the assembly. The word Levi means to be attached or joined together. Amen? Not gathered together. We don't gather here. We are an assembly. Amen? When you gather, you put parts in a box or something. But when you assemble them, that means that they are fitly joined together. Amen? Now, how many of y'all have ever bought something that was in a box and didn't read the instructions and tried to put it together? You had some parts left over more than likely, didn't you? And you probably might have had some parts in the wrong place, right? Well, it's no difference with this right here. Amen. We're dealing with the sons of Levi. The word Levi means builder of the family name of God. That's what son means in this Hebrew text. They are the builders of the assembly. Let's go to Genesis 46 verses 11. Genesis 46, verses 11. And these are the sons of Levi. These are the builders of the attachment or the assembly. Amen? Gershom, Kohath, and Merari. Are you there? Gershom, Kohath. See, you're going to have to look up at the monitor or the scriptures too now because we're dealing on both ends now. You know, you can't stay stuck in one place. You know, we'll deal with that paper. But right now, you also got to deal with the scriptures to follow me and follow the Spirit of God and where we're going. So Levi had three sons, Gershom, Merari, uh, and Kohath. In other words, three. Now, the Levite clan, that's the Levite family. They are a part of the sanctuary. Amen? Which sanctuary we are. You got that? We ain't talking about nothing like this. We talking about this right here. Amen? You with me? Now this deals with the aspects of the physical and the spiritual and the soulful life of a man. Alright? Are you with me? It's all there as I go across. We're going to deal with Gershom first, okay? This is all dealing with this tabernacle, which we are. Amen? The tabernacle, the tabernacle in the wilderness ain't nothing but man going through this earthly existence of life. That's what it is. Are we not in a wilderness? Some of y'all don't know where you are. And some of them think they own you in a wilderness. And you're that tabernacle that God is bringing through. Oh, you stuck. You back yonder something. <laughs> hey, Apostle. Hey, back yonder something. Well, I can see you. Hey, think, hey, look at Israel back there. You Israel. You the one going through the wilderness of this earthly life of existence. See, you got to get that in your head that you're the Hebrew. You're Hebrew. The nation of the Israelites. Nation of Israel. The true Israel. You got to get that in your head. You're not Christians. You're disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what he called us. Not what the Romans called us in Antioch. I got to drill that in your head too. And I'm going to keep on drilling until you discover who and what you are. Numbers. See, this ain't church doctrine. If you're looking for an Easter message, I'm going to disappoint you because I don't preach paganism. You understand that? So don't ever come looking for a Christmas message or an Easter message and none of them other pagan holidays that they instituted into 
this situation that they call Christian dome. We don't deal on that level here. We deal on the truth here. First one you see there is Gershom. Go to Numbers uh, 22, verses 28, because it's going to show you the workings of this thing, okay? Can God just show us this morning, amen? Numbers 18, verses 23 through 24. Now, the word Gershom means refugee. Y'all know what a refugee is? That's us. We're refugees. Amen? You know what a refugee is, right? All right. Oh, you know that. Let me prove it to you in a minute with the word. Because I can hear somebody say, I ain't no refugee. Yeah, you are. You're a refugee. Homeless. In a place called Earth. Trying to make it through. Numbers 18. Numbers 18, verses 22 through 28. This is what Gershom does, okay? All right. Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites, look here. Now, who are the Levites? They're the priesthood, right? Who the priest now? Amen. Amen. We're the priest now. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. See, see it's got to be in here in order for you to do the service. You got to have the spirit of the Levitical priesthood which is now the Judean priesthood, tribe of Judah, that's where we're from, tribe of praise. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation. And among the children of Israel, but they have no inheritance. I want you to pay attention to that. They had, I told you, the refugee. The Levite, the priesthood, does not own anything. Amen? Nothing. Everything we got is borrowed from God or lent from God. Amen? You don't own nothing. That's why Jesus, when he come in, he say, look, foxes have holes, birds of the nest have have nests, birds of the field. Files of the air have nest, but the son of man don't have no place to lay his head. He's a refugee. So are we. I ain't finished yet. It says here in verses <coughs> 24, excuse me. It says here in verse 24, but the tithe, watch this, they don't have no inver- inheritance, right? So I'm going to teach you how they done messed this tithing thing up. See, they done screwed that up all the way. It says in verse 24, But the tithe of the children of Israel, that's the church, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, watch this, I have given to the who? The priest. To inherit. That's what tithes is all about. Was given to the priest. I ain't finished with you. Because they didn't have no inheritance. Everybody else did. I have given to the Levites, Levites to inherit. Therefore, I said unto them, Among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. But watch this. Verse 25 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, who is the lawgiver, saying, Next verse. Watch it now. Thus speak unto the Levites and say unto them, When you take the children of Israel, the tithe, when you take of them, the tithe from the church, which I have given you from them 
for your inheritance. Then you, the priest, shall offer up a heave offering of it for the Lord. Even a tenth, that is, part of the tithe. This is how this thing supposed to work. Then the tithe was given to the Levites because they didn't have no possession. Amen? And the Bible says that they were supposed to give a tenth. Right? Now let's bring it under the new. So you got to be able to bring this thing to the new. Now under the new, we're the priests. Right? It's our responsibility. Amen? Because none of us don't have an inheritance. Regardless of what you think you got, it ain't worth a hill of beans. Just enjoy it, because it ain't going to last. So don't you get too close to your kibbles and bits, because it'll hurt you if you do. People kill themselves because they don't have what they used to have. Ain't nothing going to ever get close to me that close, hopefully, except my wife and hopefully God. But other than that, I don't want nothing else to get that close to me that I want to kill myself for it. Amen? Amen. All right. People do it, though. Now, under this new priesthood, through the tribe of praise, Judah, because Jesus came through the tribe of Judah. Amen? He was a priest through the tribe of Judah. Not Levite, because Levite's under the law. Judah is under grace. So now, God speaks about giving a free will offering out of your heart. And if you don't want to give, you don't give. But ain't nobody got no business beating you over your head about no tithe and no, none of that mess. You know what I'm saying? Just to get some money, you know, just tell the truth. And if the people want to give, they give. If they don't, it's all right. That's on you. But I do not want nobody giving anything up in here if their heart is grudging because what will happen is they'll mess up the whole thing. They'll mess up the whole blessing. You understand? See, a little in God's hand is a lot. I keep trying to express that to you. Amen. All right. Mm-hmm. Need all the blessings I can get, sweetheart. All I can get. Don't need no glory, but I sure don't need the blessing. So y'all understand about this thing called tithe. All right, let's see what they did now. Now, here's what they do. Now, their job, Gershom, you know. Now, what he's supposed to do, and what they're supposed to do, it's a spirit, y'all. Go to four, uh, numbers 4, 22 through 28. Genesis 4. Lord, I hope I got all these scriptures right this time. Because last week I had one wrong. And I don't like being wrong with them. But I had to correct it. I did correct it, right? So it's all right. All right. 4, verses 22 through 28. All right. First one is Gershom, right? The refugee, right? Amen. Look at Numbers 4, verse 22. Oh, yeah. Put that up, son. Verses number four. Take also the sum of the sons of Gershom. That's the refugee. The builders of the refugee. Throughout the houses of their fathers by their families. Next one. From 30 years old, that's Jewish law. You become a man when you're 30. 30 equals when you cut it down, it cuts down to three, which means resurrected. Oh, see, see, you can't serve in this thing unless you've been resurrected in Jesus. You got that? So they took him from 30 years and upward up to 50 years. 50, when you count it as five, it means the number of grace. Amen? Well, you got to have the grace of God with you. You got to be resurrected, and with that comes automatic grace from God, right? Amen. All that in and to perform the services. They got to have grace. They got to be resurrected. To do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Next verse. This is the service of the families of the Gershonites. That's Gershom. Okay. The refugee. Amen. And for burdens. (coughs) 
See, we carry each other and help each other. And our birth, next birth. And they shall bear the curtains of the tabernacle and the tabernacle of the congregation, his coverings, and the covering of the badger skins uh, that is above upon it. And the hanging of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. This is, this is what they're supposed to be knowing, right? This is what they're not supposed to be doing, but what they do. And verse 27 says, At the appointment of Aaron and his son shall be all the service of the sons of the Gershonites, and all their burden, and all their service, and you shall appoint unto them in charge of their burden. Their burden is to deal with the curtains and the coverings of this tabernacle. Amen? When you hear tabernacle, you just say me to yourself. You get that in you where you can understand something up in here, start or something hooping and hollering and running all over the place like you're crazy. Seen the old preacher this morning on Facebook. He's just a hollering and shaking and he hit his old head on that thing right here. I like to knock himself out. I said, look at that demon in him. Next verse. This is the service of the families of the Gershon, of Gershon's of Gershon, in the tabernacle of the congregation. And they, their charge shall be under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. Amen. Next verse. I think that's it. That's it. That's it. That that one. That's it for that one. All right. Notice that he had to deal with the what? The curtains, right? See, this is a spirit. They're working in us. That refugee spirit. The curtain represents the timidness or fear of the tabernacle. And stop right there. The real must stop right there. Is because I want you to understand that all of us has some type of fear if the right thing come upon us, right? Now, curtains represent that fear. You know why? Because if the wind blow against that curtain, what is it going to do? It's going to tremble, right? So what they do is they break down, they set up. That's their job, to break down and set up. The refugee. Every time we go to a new place, I told you all that the last time I was up here, every time we go to a new place in God and in life, that tabernacle is broken down by these three sons, and we move to that place. And it erects that tabernacle to withstand the place where you are at that moment. Amen? <coughs> so that's their job is to deal with the timidness of the tabernacle. And it also deals with the coverings. They deal with the coverings of the enclosure, right? That covering means weatherboarding. Not waterboarding. Weatherboarding. You know what that means? That means protecting your house from the weather. Amen? Now, life can throw some serious weather at us. I'm going to talk to you a minute. And the refugee, Gershom, covers that. Deals with the weatherboarding to keep it when it rains too much on us. It can't really get to us. Weatherboarding, protection. Mm-hmm. When fear, them curtains, Get to shaking in us. We're weatherboarding. We're covered by the Gershonites spirit. When it becomes too hot on you, the heat, it gets hot sometime in your life. Weatherboarding. Protection. That's their job. Amen. Are y'all following me? As I follow God. I can see that y'all. Mm-hmm. I can see that y'all. Never get always accept. The revelations of God. Get your egos out the way if that need to be said. Get that junk out the way because you'll be dumber than a rock and you will stay dumb. You got to have an open mind when you deal with house of destiny. You come up in here closed-minded, you in trouble. 
you'll hurt yourself. You won't even know what's going on because you keep closing yourself off. You, you won't be able to take it. You know, you won't be able to take it because you won't understand it. Not because it's not understandable, because you didn't allow yourself to understand it. Amen? So, the Gershonites, <coughs> this spirit deals with our emotional relationship with God. You hear me? This is the part of our soul that realizes through the Spirit, that this particular earth is not our home. Amen? So, I'm going to prove that to you too. The Word. But, remember this particular spirit, the Gershonites spirit, it deals with your emotional aspect with God or relationship with God. Amen? Now, Remember what they did? They dealt with them curtains, right? That's trembling. Don't feel come from your emotions. Amen. Come on, talk to me. Mm-hmm. But remember that the covering is the weatherboarding, and it protects us and keeps our emotions in contact with God regardless of what we're going through. I know sometimes it's tough. But we made it this far. And we still got God. That means that this thing is working in some kind of way, right? Amen. Come on now. Amen. All right. Now, I'm prove to you that you're a refugee. Now, y'all don't like being called a refugee. I can feel you. But that's what we are. Go to Hebrews 11, verse 13 through 16. It's hot up here. You stay hot up here. Don't never cool off. Put that scripture up there, man. <coughs> uh, Hebrews 11, verse 13 through 16. <coughs> Look at this, the hall of faith, right? These all died in faith, they're one of them. But having received the promises, not having received the promises, they ain't received nothing because they can't receive unless we succeed. That's Bible. That's the New Testament. <laughs> That's that cloud of witness in, in the book of uh, Hebrew where they tell it, they're urging us, you know, they ain't urging us for nothing. They're urging us. You remember, but we have so great a cloud of witness. Uh-huh. That's why you got that great. They're urging us on because, see, we're all in this together. Put it back up, son. And their success depends on us. Having Seeing them from afar off, that's the promises. Uh-huh. And we were persuaded of them, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, uh-huh, and confessed that they were what? And what? Where? Refugee. Right? Mm-hmm. Pilgrim, that's a refugee. I'm First Peter 2.11. Let me throw that in there to you. First Peter two eleven. Can I get? Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strange as it is again. Strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fresh fleshly lust. Boy, that's a difficult one. Which war against the soul. See, we're at war. And the deeper we go in this thing, the the, the more stepped up the war becomes on keeping our relationship intact with God. Because we might think we're doing all right, but we're not. So I have a lot of people, you know, sometimes about people, and they say they're doing all right. But are they really doing all right, or are you going by what you see? You know what I'm saying? Because if we ain't fighting every day to get to win this war and be in the army of God, regardless of how many times we fall down, if we ain't fighting every day, then we ain't doing all right. We ain't doing all right. You know why? Because the big one got to come. Death. And you'll find out that when that big one got to come, it's going to be dealt with. Now, here lately, because two times this thing's happened to me, 
And I find myself then stepped into another dimension before I even know I'm there. And I'm laying down in peace. And I see everything two ways. Where I am in earth. It's sort of like Paul say, I don't know. All I know is I went somewhere. That's all I know. And then after a while, I'm able to get up. And the thing about it is, when I get up, I find myself getting up from like I'm laying down flat on the floor. Because I stepped into something and it just laid me down and had me thinking. Because I just don't know. All I know is something a lot deeper than what we see. And that's all I know. And all kind of strange things start happening to you when you start messing around in this thing here. Because this book, it'll do things. It'll do things, you know. It'll do things to you. And every time you try to get the better part of it, the devil's going to fight you harder. That's why you can't pay attention to what people are saying because you don't want to know what you're going through. And you and hopefully you know why you're going through it. Like I told my son this morning, son, I'm not God. You think too highly of me. I am not God. Yeah, but daddy, you no. I've been trying to tell you the whole time. You know. And we sit there this morning kicking it, laughing at each other. See, y'all learn how to laugh at your crazy selves. Not take life so serious all the time, you know, prune face. Nobody wants to be around that. You know, learn how to laugh in the rain and the wind. You know, sometimes it's tough, but it's good medicine, especially when you're going through this crazy world. Now we're going to deal with, my man, everybody know what Gershom is. That's a refugee. He deals with the fear in us and weatherboards us, okay, from the things that the world is coming at us with in life, all right? All right, let's deal with Murari. Let's deal with him. Numbers 4, verses 29 through 33. Are we there? Put that up, son. Uh, Numbers, the book of Numbers, verses 4, 29 through uh, 33. Okay? Now, the word Merari means to be bitter, okay? Bitter in Hebrew, all right? And the sons of Merari, thou shalt number them after their families and by the house of their fathers. Next verse. From 30 years old, see that word is still there, 30 years old. They got to be resurrected. And up with even the 50, they got to have the grace on their life. Shalt number them. Everyone that entereth into the service. To do the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. Next verse. And this is the charge of their burden according to all their service in the tabernacle of the congregation. See, this is their service. He's about to tell you what they're supposed to do. The boards of the tabernacle, they're supposed to deal with that. And the balls thereof keep things stabilized. And the pillars, which is strengthened, thereof, and the sockets thereof. Next verse. And the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords, with all their instruments, and with all their service. And by name ye shall reckon the instruments of the charge of their burden. See that? You see how they do more than the other as you step it up? Next verse. Give me that last verse. Verses 33. This is the service of the families of the sons or builders of Merari, which means bitter. We're going to deal with that. According to all their services in the tabernacle of the congregation, under the hand of Ithamar, that Ithamar is the son of Aaron, the priest. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, they deal with the walls of the tabernacle. Walls are there to protect us, Right? If we didn't have these walls around him, then whatever's outside could get in here, right? We wouldn't be protected, right? If we didn't have that wall 
of God's mercy and grace around us, same thing happened to us, right? We'd have been destroyed a long time ago. Because the Bible declares if it were not for the Lord, all of Israel, we would have perished. Amen? Uh-huh. Yeah. Who do you think been keeping you up all this time? You think you've been doing it? <laughs> you laid two days on your own. So the walls are for protection. And the pillars of the enclosure. You know what pillars do? They support. They strengthen. They keep everything like it's supposed to be. When craziness comes in your life. Amen? When disaster comes in your life. We can happen at any time. All kinds of things can happen at any time. Life can go. A chance. Old man told me a long time ago. And now I'm old and I'm saying it too. A chance to go every which kind of way. You don't know. Everything the Bible says happened by chance. Now, what Merari means is it's the selfish devotion to God's will. That's that spirit working in us, you know. Well, we just finished up a mission to Ukraine, right? Spearheaded by my wife, Brenda. She did an excellent job. Now, what this did was that was selfish devotion to the will of God, right? To think about somebody else instead of thinking about your own self or your own problems all the time, amen? And it helps you to deal with your problems when you try to help somebody with theirs, right? At least it helps me. Because the bitterness that the world offers, that's why my writer is called bitter, the bitterness that the world offers causes us to acquire a strong taste for God. Amen? See, you didn't come to God because you're so much in love with God. If you do, you're telling a lie. You came to God because of the bitterness that you were going through, the hell that you were going through. That's why you came to God. Let's be honest. Come in here talking about our Lord, our Lord. Come in here with that mess. You turn right around and lie cuss somebody out. You, me, and anybody else. If you get the right thing, the right note hit you. Huh? That ain't the note. You know? <laughs> so, so we want to be careful of that, right? Yeah. So it's the selfless devotion to God's will. Amen? Because this bitterness, what it does is it truly, that the world offers us, it acquires, gives us an acquirement of a strong taste for God. Now, go to Psalm 34 8. See, we back everything up with the scripture. Go to Psalm 34 8. Put that up for me, son. Oh, taste. Uh-oh. Requires a strong taste for God. That's what bitterness does. It's just, oh, taste. And see. You see, you got to taste it. You got to be able to see that the Lord is good. You know what I'm saying? And blesses the man that puts his trust in him. Amen. Amen. Oh, taste and see. Brother, what you going through? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, I don't care if you got to tell yourself that a thousand times a day. Just keep telling yourself that. Eventually, it'll sink in. You know, we're hard-headed. It takes a while for something to sink in. You know, it takes a while. It's something about this world that makes our head hard. <laughs> Doesn't it, people? <laughs> yeah. Is it there righteous if you want to? God looking at you. And the angels, too. They all up in there. They look at us. God loves us. Mm-hmm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the last one is Kohath. Gershom means refugee. <coughs> they weather the borders. 
<coughs> Marari means bitter. That gives us that selfish devotion to God's will. Kohath. Mm. The word Kohath means assembly. Amen. Now they they in there deeper now. They're all way in. Now these Kohites, Kohathites, go to Numbers 4, verses 34 through 37. Numbers 4, verses 34 through 37. Are we there? Put that up, son, for me. And it says here that, And Moses and Aaron, mm -hmm. but he did was, and the chief of the congregation numbered the sons of the Kohathites after their families and after their house of their father. Amen. Next verse. From, there it is, 30 years and upward, even in the 50 years old. Same numbers, Daniel. I can tell you twice what it means. Shouldn't I tell you again? Everyone that entered into service for the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Next verse. And those that were numbered of them by their family were 2,750. Amen? All right. Next verse. And these were they that were numbered of the families of the Kohathites, all that might do service in the tabernacle of the congregation, which Moses and Aaron did number according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of who? Last time it was the other two was done by the hand of Ithamar. But now it says it was done by the hands of Moses. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's because they had a more strategic and a more important disposition. Because they all the way in, the Kohathites. See, they dealing with the stuff that spiritually edifies us through the spirit. Now, go to number four, verse fifteen through twenty. <coughs> Numbers four, fifteen through twenty. Amen. Let's see what these people do. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary as the camp is to set forward, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it. Amen. After Aaron and his sons, Aaron was the chief priest. After Aaron and his son, see, Jesus is our chief priest, right? After Jesus does what he does in us, now the spirit of the Kohathite comes into play. After that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bury. So you can't put the horse before, I mean, the cart before the horse, right? But they shall not touch any holy thing. You see that? You just don't go up in there any kind of way. Because that thing will reverse itself. But they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. These things are the burdens of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. And the office of Eleazar, Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest pertaineth to all for the light, the sweet incense. Sweet incense ain't nothing but showing love to God. The daily meat offering, the anointing oil, the oversight of all the tabernacles, and of all therein is, in the sanctuary, and in the vessels thereof. And then the Lord spake unto Moses and said unto Aaron, saying, He spoke unto uh, Moses and unto Aaron, spoke to both of them, saying, Cut ye off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites. He said, Cut them off. In other words, Take them, because they're different. But thus do unto them that they may live and not die. And when they approach unto the most holy thing, Aaron had his son shall go in. Uh -huh. 
and appoint them every one to his services and to his burden. See, they just couldn't go up in there on their own. You got to have a director, or you go up in there and get killed. But they shall go in and see when the holy things are covered, at least they die. In other words, if them holy things aren't covered up when they went in there, they would have died. Do you hear me? That's a powerful thing. That's like trying to go up in there, in here, bogarting. You know, you're going to go up in something that you ain't got no business going up into. You, okay. You're going to say you're a prophet, but God ain't made you one. Nah, you crazy. Because you're going to mess somebody. All you're going to do is cause disaster. You're going to say you're a apostle, but you ain't built no church. You, ain't, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you, you, it takes time to get this stuff, and you got to be right. Now, you're going to run up in there, and you, God ain't told you, but you went up in there on your own, right? Yeah, now you're going to get somebody killed, and you're going to get killed yourself sooner or later. Because you're going to leave somebody wrong. Well, I've been called to do a pastor. Did somebody tell you that, or did God speak that to you? Because you, you take up that torch. That's a long journey dealing with this. And when we're leading sheep, we lead sheep from behind. We don't lead sheep like this in front of them. No, you lead sheep behind so you can see what they're doing. And while you back there watching them, you stepping in a whole lot of mess. From them. Bringing mess. That's why when I see the least little thing, I deal with it right there. I ain't like the rest of them preachers. They don't deal with nothing. You know, and then it'll grow. Now you got a church that's all crazy and out of order and people think that they can do it and they can tell, no, you sit down or hit the dope. That's the way it is. You know why? Because when people come up in here, they done already went through hell all week long. They don't need none of your foolishness bringing it up in here. They come up here to a safe place for comfort, for love, and to get healed. And then you got some old jelly back, you know, kind of whip joker up here, call yourself a preacher, and won't handle nothing. Y'all know them kind. Don't handle nothing. Now the church is all crazy. And now it's out of hand, right? Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do when you were supposed to do it. And you let it go. Oh, ain't that cute. Ain't nothing cute about that baby acting a fool because that same fool that's acting like that that you think is cute is going to be the one that knock your head off as soon as they get big enough to. Am I right about that? Because you didn't deal with it. It ain't no different from up in here. Ain't no different. You either gonna run your house or that house gonna run you. Amen? Now, this is what the Kohath they deal with. They deal with wheels and they deal with coverings, alright? Now where them covering you. And their job is to transform ourselves, transforming ourselves and our reality into the spiritual realm of God. Here we go, y'all. Now, see that word vessel there? Y'all see it? Well, well, well. You would never guess in a thousand years what that word means. I'm going to tell you. It means weapons of war. Mm-hmm. That's what them Kohites do. That spirit in us carries that weapon of war. And that ain't all it does. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. When I saw that, boy, I said, I got to say that for later. Weapons. Go to Second Corinthians. I'm about finished. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
Amen? But what? Mighty. Through who? God. Of the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? Amen. All right. There it is. So that vessels are our weapons of war. And watch this. We know they're spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that the Kohath dealt with coverings too, but covering here is different than the other covering. See, the covering here means that our weapons are concealed. You can't see it. Y'all didn't even catch that. You can go back and revisit that one when the devil whooping on your head. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. They're spiritual. You don't see them. They're concealed. They're covered. That's why when you got a situation, God, and you take it to God, God's already dealing with that thing. You might not even realize. You might not even know it. But then you, next day, the next day, and the next day, you're still standing. And you don't know how. Well, that's because of the weapon. See, see, God be fighting for us when we don't even be fighting for ourselves. So he don't get tired. We get tired. Mm-hmm. But God don't get tired. He don't get tired. God's good to us. He way better to us than we've been to ourselves. And we just are a people who just aren't satisfied no matter where we are in life. Heard a little boy from Africa this morning. They gave him a little place to stay. They got this little non-profit thing over there. A little place. They got a little bed and they give him something to eat. Teaching him how to serve. And he said, I'm so thankful that I got a bed to sleep in, something to eat, and these people showing me love. That, that's important to him. Should be important to us. But we're doing better than we think we are. But we're never satisfied. We get bored with doing good. We get bored with doing right. But right always comes out right. And wrong will always come out wrong. But we do it anyway, right? That's why God loves us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got to love each other. Because without love, there's nothing. We don't have nothing without it. See, that's, that, that's the thing. Whosoever loves one another, that's, they've done it. Here I am, Lord. They've done it. I ain't looking at nobody's lifestyle, what they do. I don't care. That ain't none of my business. I don't get on no phone talking about folk and all that. That ain't none of my business. I might ask about people to find out how they're doing so that I can pray for them. But I ain't trying to knock nobody off their rocker now. Because when I try to knock somebody off their rocker, all I'm doing is knocking myself off. Just about done. Give me about three minutes. Now, there are three ways that God's hand is described in the scripture. One way is that he has a great hand. Amen? Which means he's a kind God. He's so kind that while we were yet sinners, he let his son die for us. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? The second thing is that God has a strong hand. That means that he's a God of severity. 
he'll kill you too. You go too far. Amen. Yeah, he's still in the killing business. Oh, yeah. He's the same one. Oh, well, you ain't kill us because the blood is over. <laughs> and don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever think you all that. Do you? you sit down. What it tears me up. Now, and then there's this thing called the uplifted hand. That, that, that's when you can say it means the beauty of God. See, see you ain't going to lift your hand until you can see that he's beautiful. <laughs> Are you, Joe David? You ain't going to lift your hand until you see he's beautiful. You ain't going to praise him, not really, until you see he's beautiful. You know, cause, you know why? Because you won't come in here all, all tra- downtrodden by all this other stuff, and you don't want it to release it. You want to bring it up right over under here and sit through the whole thing and still be crazy. Then all you got to do is let go and let God. You can pick up crazy later. But right now, let me just see that God's beautiful and give him some praise. Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, cutting up something up in here. But I do it surgically. That's why they call me a doctor. You have to do it surgically strategically, you know. Because people know where they are. They know. I don't care how you come up in and how dressed up you look or whatever. We don't care nothing about none of that. That's for you. That's your ego. All I care about is what you look like inside. And if you got love, I don't care about the other that you got, the other thing. Because I ain't looking at that. I'm looking at the love that's in you. Spirit of God that's in you. That's the only thing I'm concerned with. Amen. Amen. Well, give him praise. Amen.